Chevy. On your marks, on your marks, get steady. Taking my time, it feels just like pity. Speaking my mind, it feels feel it on the levy. On the weekly court, this beats easy. Andrew connected the dots, and that's crazy. Show side, do flam dunks, so come and see me. City bread, you know that never be me. Take another look like VAR. You can listen to the Jedi, you see AR. The content must go far. You can live on the deep, cause you raise the bar. The show side's hard. Twitter, YouTube, don't get barred. Showside Podcast, and you guessed it, the yo's are back, that means one thing, that means we won a game, we won a game, what's going on Lero, you cool brother? Yeah, I'm all good bro, thank you, and you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, thanks, I'm good. Where's Carbon at, missing in action again, AWOL again? Yeah, missed the multi-passport. Mate, they need to <laughs> check his passport, you know, maybe, he, maybe he's the new Bond. Maybe he is the one that's auditioning for the new Bond. I was actually thinking that. I was thinking he might actually be a real-life Bond. And, you know, what he does normally is just a cover. Ah, and, cover, yeah, you, you know. yeah. Maybe this is not good, that if we're talking about it, though. It's going out to the millions and thousands. We'd have to prove it, right? True. And he's probably been down this path before. Double bluff, treble bluff. He's a master. <laughs> Do you know what? The more I think about it, the more he could be, you know. I think there's an honest, honest argument for this, honestly, you know. But I, I that mean, or a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an international pimp, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I got hoes. <laughs> Kovna, how you doing, my man? Wherever you're at, I hope you're listening to this and catching vibes and energy. Um, yeah, because we won a game, man. We won a game. But it's not been all banter. It's not been all fun. Some really, really sad news ran through the club since the last time we podded. Um, this is episode, what, 119? I should get this right. Um, or 18. I'll tell you in a minute. Anyway, some sad news has um, fallen on our club. We've lost our fitness coach, Gian Piero Ventrone. Um, and it was kind of sudden. He felt ill after the Frankfurt game asked for some leave, which is unlike him. He had a fever. And then it turns out he passed from, I think, a rare case of leukemia. And it happened really quickly. We're not quite sure if they knew he, or he knew he was ill beforehand. But certainly it seems like the club were only aware of it after he became ill. He died in Italy. And I think the impact, the outpouring from inside the club has been that of somebody who they loved quite dearly, even though he'd been there 10 months, um, 62 years of age, world-renowned fitness coach, a brother to Conte, more or less, been working with Conte since he was at Juve, Juve, spent 10 years there and when he was a player. And then I think when he started his career, 
for each um, club he joined when he started his career, he got Ventrone in. So they're almost inseparable. And Conte was close to tears, um, well, was in tears. And you could tell the players were emotional by the tributes they played on Instagram and during and after the game against Brighton. So a huge loss for Spurs there. 62, some life, but not really life. Um, And I think you just look at the work he's done in those 10 months. Kane has said that he's the fittest he's ever been under um, at Tottenham or in his whole career. He's only played for Tottenham, really. Um, We know during preseason they had those runs, those long pitch runs in um, Singapore, not Singapore, sorry, South Korea. And they were thrown up on the sidelines. That would probably be a lasting memory of the Ventroni experience. Um, but the boys are set to be fit for the whole season. What will be interesting, I think, is when they come back from the World Cup, whether they need an, another little mini preseason. They won't have much time. But how that fitness will hold them in good stead. Will, will it hold them instead? Will they need some extra work? But Ventroni won't be there to do it. So we'll see how that pans out but I think by all accounts he was a warm guy I think when Son scored the hat-trick against Leicester I think Ventroni had some words with him before the game and just told him his quality and it will happen for him and it was um, no surprise then that Son ran to him and celebrated with him and gave him the biggest hug and it just shows that he was like a father figure a guiding figure as well as a fitness coach. And let's be honest, you're not really supposed to like your fitness coach. He puts you through hell. Um, You don't get the balls out, you get the trainers on and you're running. And all the players loved him. So I know Spurs, I think I saw the other day, they have planted an evergreen Italian tree um, at the training ground and all the guys helped to plant that and as a tribute to him. And... Yeah, he had a fantastic career and may his memory continue to live on. And hopefully the boys can cement that. They cemented it with victory. Maybe they can, you know, pay him the ultimate tribute by putting his fitness work to good use and winning a trophy. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, it was... uh, Obviously, I I don't know him other than, um, you know, what you read about and hear about, you know, via social media and, you know the news, etc. Um, and I'm not a kind of one for sentiment and to be sad in situations, but I actually felt the gravity of uh, the feeling for the, you know, for him from the players at the Brighton game. It was kind of like, I started feeling a bit sad and that was like, yeah, no, this is mad. You know, like, so quite clearly he's got a, a, a magnetic effect on everyone. It seems that way because I too didn't really appreciate the gravitas of it until the Brighton game. Now, ultimately, 10 months, yes, but do you know what? You know, we've all been there. It doesn't mean you have to be around someone for 10 years to have the same passion or feeling towards them. Um, Just because it's 10 months doesn't mean you can't have that, right? So impact is impact. a genuine person is a genuine person. A warm person is a warm person. Yeah. A really happy person, influential person, just a loving person will give you that energy. And he's obviously given that to the boys. And it's 
interesting you touched on the Brighton game because we came away from that game with a victory. But imagine trying to play football when you've just lost effectively a family member, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, you've seen players, I think Serge Aurier did this um, when he was with us. I think he lost his brother, wasn't it? His yeah, brother in that's correct. France, yeah, to some kind of violent crime. And he wanted to play on and then caught the flight the following day. And to be fair to Serge, he did okay. But it was clearly, obviously, emotional. So that's one player out of 11. Yeah. But this is the whole squad. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, massive. And I really buy into that because as much as you see players argue and stuff, a lot of these players probably spend more time with each other than they do with their other halves and their children, right? So they are family to each other in that sense. And this guy would have been a family member of all of theirs. And to win for him is one thing, but doesn't mean you're not carrying that emotion throughout the game. And then there's the emotion of not wanting to lose the lead once you've got the lead. So I think the boys were doing it with us about face here, but we're discussing the result. And I think the boys in the end of it deserve a lot of credit for playing that game and getting a result for Ventrone. Considering they were, they found out on Thursday and didn't really train on Thursday. The only time they could train was on Friday because they were told the news and the most they could muster was a light jog, apparently. And then they went home. So they went into that game. Let's discuss the game because we yep. finally got 3-5-2. Um, yeah, Conte, I'm not going to use um, events at White Hart Lane or... Um, Hotspur way as the reason why he changed, but he certainly realised that we're going to a possession-based side second time around and we probably needed something extra in midfield, um, an extra man, and no better place to play somebody than um, at their old, against their old club at their ground. So Basuma came in. Yeah. D- Davies came in for Longley. Yeah. Uh, there was another change, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, of course, the enforced change of Doherty coming in for Royale and Richarlison dropping to the bench. Um, Sessegnon. And Sess came in. That's the fourth one, yeah. Sessegnon came in for Perisic because you can't play a 33-year-old every minute of every game as much as he's one of our major set-piece takers. Um, So, yeah, that, that was the team. And what did you think of that and what did you think of the start? Um, I was happy to see change. Definitely happy to see the the uh, the change in formation as well. Um, I was hoping that it would bring a change in mindset. And for the first fifteen to twenty minutes, it definitely did do that. Um, you know, we dominated that football. You know, and it wasn't. I, I listened to their coach. I can't remember his name. The Italian guy, and he was like, he set up wrong. I don't think so. I think no matter what you would have done, you know, unless you put 10 men in midfield, we would have dominated that midfield, even if you went three on three. You know, in that first 20 minutes, you know, our tails were up, the energy was up, our portions were good. You know, the the distance between, and when I say portions, the distance between defence, midfield and attack, brilliant. All the team was working for each other. And yeah, I, I was happy with it. 
definitely happy with it. It was a clear difference than the two in midfield. Yeah, and you you make good points there with the portions. I was going to ask you to clarify that for the listeners if they if they weren't. Everyone's got their coaching badges. Yes, yeah, so stop showing off there. Yeah. No, no, um, you know what? We all talk about it in different ways. I, I talk about it in portions. Another coach will use it, use another word to describe portions as well. But I talk about it when I'm coaching, it is portions, you know, the, the possession, yeah. the space between each other. Yeah, let's be on a string, right? We don't want big spaces. It's easier to defend when your your portions are correct. There's less pockets and holes for the opposition to be in, less space for them to work in yeah. if everything's condensed. Um, yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think Basuma, as much as he got another yellow, early yellow, early-ish yellow, and I, it's understandable because his time is going to be off. In both games he started, he's got an early yellow and his timing's off. He's not playing minutes. He's not. He's a. He's a. He's a very much like Romero in the sense where he's an aggressive presser. He's an aggressive tackler um, and recycling of possession, getting the ball back. There, there are most two aggressive players in in that regard. So when you are that aggressive, you need your timing to be on, and obviously his timing is going to be off. So. Not mad at that, but it definitely allowed us um, to press them higher up the field. It also allowed us to win the ball back in midfield and obviously have the extra body in midfield to pass to. And I think that Rodrigo Bentecourt and Pierre Hoybier are actually, have been our best players of in recent months in the sense where as much as they've been overrun, and as much as they do some things that frustrate, I think given what's the load that they've been put under. Agreed. Yeah, that they they do operate in this Conte system, which is, it demands a lot of them mentally and physically. Um, and it shows that they're good players and that they're clever players. And not that Basuma isn't, but Basuma obviously isn't quite where Conte wants him to be. But the point there is when they when Basuma sat in the hole and defended in a single pivot, it allowed Hoybier and Bentecourt to get on the ball. And can I just say that Hoybier is creating somewhat of a highlight show reel for <laughs> what is a combative everyone sees a combative midfielder. He had yeah. the Maradona three sixty at the weekend, yeah, clean, yeah, as the Spurs Twitter said or Instagram said, and I think against Leicester he had a step over, flip flap, roll round, pass with the outside of the boot, yeah, and it's like the boy can play actually, he can actually play, he can do quite a few different things, yeah, yeah. And we had this kind of debate in the group, so and I know we we tend to touch on Hoybier a lot, and I think that's because he's Marmite. He's the the closest thing we've got to Marmite in the squad. I think everyone appreciates Bentacore is a player who is silky, drives well with the ball, can do quite a bit, can see a pass. But then the opinions divided when it comes to Hoybier, and I know we've slated him, we've praised him, and I know the thing that you don't like about him, but I think we've got the answer for that. Um, And, but I think there is a good player there and I think he is a good barometer for when Spurs are playing well and they're not playing well. Because if we talk about him, it means that 
the team's typically not playing well. Yeah. And when he's not the focal point and he's doing what he's doing and we're ticking and we're clicking, we don't speak about him. No, we don't. And I mean, you know what? Let's just be clear. He's a massive player for Spurs. And if I didn't realise it before, I think maybe the Brighton game, I because the formation had changed, you know, it wasn't a normal Spurs side. And I watched keenly, intently. And, I, you know, I was actually watching everything that was happening. And for me, I realised that he's our heartbeat. If, if you know, I'm not, I know I've said to you before, if Son doesn't play, Spurs um, do not play. But mm-hmm. you know that unsung hero? He is literally the, the captain of the team. The load is on Javier. The load is on him. And I'm glad you used that word earlier, load. Mate, the load is on this guy. He works so hard. You know, he's ever-present. He's up, down. He's got everything. He has actually got everything. He just doesn't look as silky as Benton Core. And maybe, yeah, <laughs> and maybe Benton Core has got a bit more in the uh, power, speed, height kind of uh, area. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it sets them apart. You know, that's where they split. But I'm telling you, Hoybier has got everything, man. And um, we definitely need to give him more credit. And, uh, you know... Ever-present player, that says it all, you know? And I know we spoke about it in the pod, so I'm going to let you bring it up. But um, for me, you know, I do feel that he's overworked, you know? Of, of course he is. He's been overworked since he got to the club. And, and we tend to do that with our key, I'm going to call them defensive midfielders. But when, when you've got that linchpin, and unlike similar to Dyer in a sense where... Bear with me when I say this, but Dyer is the mainstay in defence because he be, plays in. The be role. careful with what you say about <laughs> Dyer, right? Because mate, I'm having no, no. none of it. But anyway, in a on. sense that Dyer is ever present, also. Yeah, but he's ever present also because he's the one that sits in the middle yeah. and is seen as the the figurehead of that backline. Thus, no matter when you rotate, who you rotate. And I know it's easy with Dyer because he doesn't get cover so much yardage as a Hoybier or a Bentecourt. Yeah. But he's the one they don't rotate. And he plays every minute. Mm. And you've got that consistency. And then Hoybier is the Swiss army. I know he's not Swiss, Swiss, by the Dutch. way, before you No, no, he's not Dutch, he's Danish. Danish, yeah. But he's the Swiss army knife. Yeah. Like you said, he can do a bit of everything. When we need a goal, he pops up with a goal. If he needs someone to be rollocked, he rollocks someone. Yeah. Right? He I know he throws his arm around a lot, but he can play a pass. Yeah. He can get stuck in. Shit Azari. Yeah, all of it, all of it. So he he is a good player. And I think maybe a Basuma, a Pape Matasar or a skip in that role unlock a greater Hoybier. And Bentacor will also flourish as well. So it's definitely something that we need to continue to explore, especially while Kulazewski's out. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I just want to throw something in there before we move too far. I, as I said, I, I watched the game keenly, and you know, uh, it was it against West Ham. I thought, okay. He got a stupid yellow. Yes, for all the reasons that you're saying, timing's not it's not there. It, uh, eagerness to impress, um, but I saw something slightly different as well within the the Brighton game. 
I think he reverted to type. So he's playing the Conte system and all of a sudden he went to do something that was natural for him, which kind yeah. of put him out of place, out of the system, caused a situation. And then what he's done is he's found to kind of correct the situation. And I thought, oh, well, I've not seen that before. Because in the West Ham game, I just thought it was eagerness. So that just shows me that the, the concentration throughout the, the whole, uh, or the first 45, wasn't there. He wanted, he was still eager. All the things that he wanted to do, like impress and all that, you know, they were there right on the cusp. And he couldn't contain it in that instant. Then made a foul you know, to correct his mistake and then was concentrated for the next however many, many minutes he played. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, 100. You know? I know exactly what you're saying. And this and this is why he hasn't been in the side as as much because I think his natural game doesn't fit the Conte system. No, it's breaks. It's, full, it's like he's got the full handbrake on. That's what it... <laughs> that, no, yeah. but that's what it looks like to me. When yeah. I'm watching him play, it's like, you want me to run left, right drive onto the ball as impress and then pull back. And it seems like we're playing him in a a, a box. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, definitely. I, I guess that's because Conte, he hasn't got Conte's full trust yet. And I think once he kind of does that for a, a, a period of time, then he could break out of that box and start giving us the extras. Because for me, all you're going to see from him, if he plays in the, um, in the Conte system, is just that clean work in that box. And that's probably all we need for now. But to go on and be a top team and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Champions League top side, and all, he needs to be able to play his game. Do you know what I mean? Within the Conte system. So, yeah, and, and, and that's, that's the biggest concern or issue that we need to address as a team. Because if we believe in Basuma, I know you do, and I do, um, I think he can play that role. Um, I think it doesn't give us the best of Basuma. I think he can play that role. Um, but I think it's not necessarily probably breaking the shape um, by going and hunting for the press um, or the retaining of possession, but allowing sides to come onto us. Because Conte clearly doesn't mind sides to having possession, gaining territory, but he believes if we have the players in there, the three at the back, the wing backs coming back in, the two or three in the middle, then everyone knows where to be. We won't get broken down or very rarely get broken down. And he made that statement about not wanting to lose two or three nil. And this is part of it, right? Having that solid shape. And as much as if we go back through those games, as much as we have given up possession, given up territory, etc., we haven't given up too many guilt-edged chances. No, right? no, we haven't. And and that's because we're still hard enough to break down, and that's what he wants. And then he wants to invite sides on. Yeah, have the ball, knock it around. You're not going to really break us down, but what we're going to do is play in the spaces you leave behind. But we need to have that plan B. And 3-5-2 should help us move towards that plan B, which is becoming a front foot side and yeah. not just a, a, a counter-attacking or mid-counter-attacking side where we, we soak up some pressure yeah. and then play. So, yeah, I, I agree. In order to do that, just like Brighton were, are yeah. a front foot side traditionally yeah. under yeah. Potter, um, 
and Basuma did wonders in there, and he can pretty much cover that single pivot by himself, and that's what yeah. he kind of did. Yeah. But with the the knowledge that the manager said, go and do your thing. Do you get of what course. I'm saying? Go and do your thing. You to, know? to go and do your thing, if you don't do your thing, or if you do do your thing, I'm not going to drop you for the next 10 games. Exactly. Like, so he's comfortable. So, so look, we know he's got a play his way in, and I'm comfortable with that. I just want him to kind of get his mindset on that because I know he can do it, but I just think the mental's probably the thing that's not there yet. Not It's nothing to do with the footballing ability. It's the mental and to stay switched on. And basically, sometimes, as we we already know, you have to show the teacher you're great before the teacher allows you to do greatness. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You know? Whoa, so, we've got quotes. Yeah, so that's the, the <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> I'm looking at at the moment. I mean, um, not to sidetrack too much, I mean, looking at the system with Hoybier, yes, you're right, it will allow him to do more, it will allow um, Bentancourt to do more, and um, I think, you know, watching that match keenly, as I said, and I'll reiterate again, um, I realised something. And Conte did say this, and a lot of other managers have said this, and I think it kind of fits, right? The sheer fact that Hoibier has played so many games, you know, he's a fit player, but I think he gets tired around the 20-minute mark after running around, you know, for the first 20. He, he finds his rest, and he finds his rest in collapsing the midfield back on the, on the defence, right? And the reason I would say this because... It's fine to concede territory, possession, etc. But, you know, when someone has a shooting chance, you have to have the legs to get out there. Why is there no point in collapsing back? Do you get what I mean? Hello, Arsenal. Exactly. Right. So, if you go back and watch that game, you know, for the first 20 minutes, we was high up. And I think when um, Hoybier started to get a bit tired, what he would do is, because he controls that line, and I didn't notice that as much. I know he's, I see him call in and do, but that line goes back as far as Hoybier says it does, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was, after the 20 minutes, it was getting deeper and deeper and deeper to, we're like two banks of, you know, a bank of five and a bank of four or three. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's our problem. And because he's so dependable, he's overplayed, he's going to be tired, you know what I mean? And he's going to collapse back. So that's something definitely for us to look out for, think about, and hopefully when we rotate him, because we have to rotate him, you know, like we can't do what... I think for the last, what's it, two seasons, this guy's played so... He's played probably the most amount of games other than the goalkeeper. And, uh, and Kane. And Kane as well. But so we're looking at four players. Kane is Kane. Lloris is Lloris, you know, and then... Dyer, and Dyer, Hoybier. yeah, the setup added Hoybier. Right? and that's the spine, and that's that's what Conte has relied on. And most managers, they like their spine, right? Of course, but the amount of work you do in the middle of the park, we all know. I, I, well, put it this way: I know, you know. I don't know if you've if you've ever played football, you would know that the amount of work that a midfielder covers is crazy. Because I've gone in there to play and cover uh, certain players. I'm sure AB's a dropped in there and had to cover. Not for too long, mate. I tell you. I'll tell you what. Like <laughs> if you that and the whole turning your back, going one way, turning your back, going the other way, turning your back. Yeah. That that game there, you know, you have to be special to play in midfield. So you know, I'll take this moment to rate all the midfielders I've ever played with. <laughs> you know, all the <laughs> midfielders I've ever like 
you know, cuss for not doing their bit, you know, it's a hard place to be, man. Like, it's not an easy place. Yeah. So, so I'm Especially not, when you're a two. Yeah, so exactly. So I'm not uh, putting him down for collapsing back or blaming a collapse on him because he's not a good player. I just think he's a bit tired and overplayed. So if we could get like people like Skip back in, rotating back into the squad, get him up to speed, I think that free in midfield will be awesome. You know, and I'm not saying we have to play it all the time. There's games where we're not going to have to play it, but I think you know it should be a solid B. You know, and A could be the two, and B that could be the B. You know, for me anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So we definitely need to see it more. Would you? Would you actually? Before I speak about would you, we made three subs at the weekend. What what did you make of the subs quickly? Because we had. Richarlison on for Basuma on a 70-minute mark. Obviously, he had the yellow. Uh, we had Perisic come on for Son, which is not surprising. That was 10 minutes left. And then Kane, skip for Kane on 90. What did you What did you make of the substitutions? We've won okay. for a long time. All right, cool. So this is, sometimes this is why it's good to do the, the pod straight after. Because I know I said a lot in the group at the time, right? And yeah, I'm not get forgot- Kane off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I feel differently now or I've forgotten it, but um, I feel that it would have been better for me to say what I felt at the time. But I'm going to you know, try and summarise it now. But I've also noticed this before I start summarising. You see Conte. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks at him as, oh, he's a manager of Spurs. You know, like, and everything he's doing is in front of you and... It's there for everyone to see. And whatever the mind game is, it's it's in front of you. Don't be fooled. This guy mm-hmm. is mind game with the press, mind game with the board, mind game with the players. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, this guy is I haven't playing, got a big enough squad. I'm not rotating. He's playing games left, right and centre. And the one thing that he does do is bet on himself. And this is why I believe, obviously, other than his football knowledge, that's the difference between a top, top manager and someone that's, you know, a good manager. This guy bets on himself and I think he believes in the averages so much with all the games that he's playing that he ends up, you know, winning. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, on, yeah. on most fronts. And even if certain things don't fall into place for him, he knows how to, in two weeks' time, make it fit. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, he's, yeah, anyway. So... Saying that, saying all of that to say this, the subs were late, man. Like, Kane should have been off from time, you know. Um, he does this pre-sub thing that drives me up the wall, bro. <laughs> up the wall. The and I don't know if you've seen sub. it. Yeah, have you seen it? I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. Like, he will bring you know, on... Go on. Ex- no, I think, I think it's because he has favourites and I think it's because he wants to change the shape as well as the personnel um, sometimes and you often find if Sessegnon's on the bench Sessegnon will be the first man on yeah. even though that change is not necessary and it doesn't change the shape because it's almost like for like if it's yeah. Pirisic that he's replacing so I think that doesn't help with because you want you're like make the change that's going to change the game. Yeah. Rather than make nah, the change. Nah, yeah, he does helps. that pre that pre sub. So it's like I need to take off Son, but what I'm not going to take off Son. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take off 
Sessignon, bring on this one, and yeah. then after I'll play it for a bit, and then I'm going to pull off Son, and then I'll drop someone into Sessignon's position, and then he finally ends up with the shape that we could all see that was needed and the, the personnel that was needed, and that drives me up the wall. If you want to get Sessignon off and bring on uh, whoever's coming in for Sessignon, do that. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. But that whole pre-sub, before the sub, it does me in. Like, so, you know, so the answer to your question is, I don't like the pre-subs before the subs. I think the subs were a bit late. And um, we've got to rotate everybody, regardless. Like, so, you know, Kane, I mean, even though Kane uh, made a, a, an amazing block, but that could have been Kane out for the rest of the season or at least six months. Do you get what I'm trying yeah, to say? it could have been. It so, could easily have been. And I would expect someone else in... I was calling for Skip to come on, and he yeah. did finally come on. But um, I believe with the legs, the energy, the time of the game, he should have been able to be in the same position that Kane was in. It shouldn't be Kane's the only person that could have seen that and would have been the only person that put his body on the line. Do you get what I mean? So Yeah, he probably would have been there because the shape would have changed, right? Because you replace Skip with Kane, or Kane with Skip. So you would imagine Skip would have been the extra body there to pick that up rather than Kane having to drop back and be in the extra body to, to pick that up. So, no, I agree. The subs were late. Um, but it just goes to show that Conte is... He likes what he likes. And his system is... Obviously, Conte ball is very complicated um, or very sophisticated and he doesn't trust yeah no it possibly is too sophisticated because and the other thing is it's everybody having to play in a way they haven't really played before they're not necessarily playing their natural game so there's a lot of concentration there yeah and I think we touched on this and I don't want to go into it too much but the likes of Sessegnon he gets to play lots of minutes because he plays exactly where on the pitch Conte wants him to play. Yeah. Right? And makes the passes to the right angles with the right timing. Yeah? And that allows our patterns of play. It keeps our shape and keeps the discipline. But you could argue that Sessegnon, I know he played well uh, against Brighton, but you could argue that sometimes he's been our worst player. He's been worse than Royale. Yeah. But he still plays and Royale still plays because Royale, again, does the job that Conte wants him to do, mostly. Um, obviously, for the Conte system to work well, and I'm going to touch on something here, but for the Conte system to work well, we need to have really good wing-backs. Right, because they and we've said this before, they get the space, they get the opportunities, they get the crossing ability. Like Doherty, he got inside the box and should have done better with his first touch. But hey, I'm not mad at him because this is his first game, first start since his injury against Aston Villa. Um, he had a couple of opportunities to do better. He didn't play too badly, but I would like to see him play more games. Yeah. I would like to see Spence, but I can see in a way why Spence is so far away. From the lineup, please Sometimes explain that. Please explain that. Just in the sense that he's not played Premier League football before. Yep. Let's even go back before we say that he's not a Conte man. Conte didn't want him. 
Okay. So the mind this, games. you talk about your mind games, yeah. yeah this the mind is games. a classic yeah. mind game. Yeah. The statement was classic mind game. Give me who I want. Yeah. Not who you want me to have. Give me who I want. So on that point, just gonna stop you. Just want a yes or no answer. Do you think he's a good enough player to be a Conte player? At this moment in time, yeah. no, because of what Conte wants. Do okay. I think personally he's a good enough player? I think he has the right attributes yeah. to fit into a Conte system. Yeah. But does he understand the Premier League? I don't know. Um, does he understand Conte ball? I don't think so. And I think these are the two things that Conte are saying, well, no, I, I can't trust him in this system. I just want to see the chart. Uh, give, I want him to have the charts for us to see if he's an intelligent footballer. And that means, yes, the Conte ball of, you know what, we're going to play two in midfield, but if the ball shuffles to the left and Cecil Young's got the ball, you tuck inside, you make a free, like, and then once it moves in, inside to Hoybier, then you make a free at the top. You know, It's like, mate, just play free. If you want free in the middle of the park, play free in the middle of the park. Why are we doing all this interlinking, changing, swapping, overlapping, you know, double high fives? You know, oh, do me a f and I know he's a good manager but I just got to say that because that is what I see there's so many of those intricate little well when the ball's in this phase you have to do this doubling come in make a, a, a free midfield and then we've got that free midfield we can battle with the free midfield but then as soon as this one's got the ball you've got to burst out there and get to the t and this is why he loves this uh, wing back system in the, in the way with the two in the middle because everyone's overworking in my yeah i guess every system has a flaw and i guess it looks complicated but pep's system is complicated but produces better football so no one yeah that's really true that's has an true. issue with very it true very true so i think the answer lies with us playing attractive football but i guess that's not the conte way but i mean like there's a lot of frustrations we have Right, and I think if if we start finishing some of our chances, that would help some of the frustrations go away. I think if we start rotating more, giving us fresher legs, meaning we don't drop so much, and we're almost more on the front foot because we're not just dropping and inviting as much pressure as we have been of late, that will help some of the frustrations go away. And I think if our full-backs could be the best versions of Conte wingbacks um, they could be, i.e. Royale was better going forward, um, Perisic was having more of an impact, then I think I think we'd be closer to where we were at the back end of last season. Yeah. Uh, and it begs, and, and this guy, the international James Bond man of mystery, put this in here himself, <laughs> he, he asked, if he was right, was Kovna right? <laughs> Are things okay? And over, and did we overhype them and get too worked up after the Arsenal game? Um, so I guess that's mainly towards you. Um, I think it highlights that um, that our uh, our signings during the seasons weren't as high as they should have been. So when I was going like it's a seven, more like a six, you know, like I was ready to go down to five, you know, the proof's in the Whoa. pudding. 
No, no, the proof's in the pudding. And the reason why I say this, I'm not saying that we overhyped it. I think there is a, a middle ground. Um, and the middle ground goes, you know, like this. Maybe if we'd have played them like for like, you know, and after like for like with us not playing the best ball that we've, you know, we're not in our, our, our kind of vein of form or top form, we would have been able to measure ourselves. I don't think that game really allowed us to measure ourselves to a degree. Yeah, we we done some decent bits and Royal did lose his head. But, um, like, for me, that was a measuring game. And not because it's Arsenal, um, it's because they're the team that's doing well at the moment, you know. And I'm trying to come away from this Arsenal thing. I don't want to think about Arsenal. I'm not interested in Arsenal. I'm only interested in Spurs. Do you know what I mean? Whether they're doing well or not, as long as we keep getting results... We're in there with a shout. And as we know, it's a it's a long season with many twists and turns and roundabouts. And I'm prepared to ride that, that rodeo, you know? And let's see what happens. And when things are getting near the business end, then we can talk about these guys, you know? But for now, I don't want to talk about them. We lost that derby and it's that, you know? Um, so maybe I'll give Quabner this one, 0010 or whatever he is. Um, <laughs> I'll give him this. That, yeah, maybe everyone was going uh, a little bit too far. But you know what? We're emotionally invested. Like, for a lot of us, just like me, that wrecked my Saturday afternoon. Or, uh, yeah, early the weekend. Saturday. You know what? Because by Sunday, I, I kind of... There you go. Yeah, well, do you know what? I'm lying. By uh, Saturday night, I let it go because I was like, you know what? We didn't actually put ourselves in the best place to play that game. And yeah. that was, for me, a bit of arrogance, you know. I feel like the, the psychological games of, you know what, whoever changes their system psychologically loses the first battle is rubbish to me. Do you know what I mean? We should have actually played them at their own game and see what happened. That's what I honestly believed, you know? Yeah, and you make some good points. I'm, I'm not giving Quabner the fact that he's right. He posed his own question for his own, valida <laughs> own validation. Who does that? Um, what I will say is that it's not just the man. It's not just the result, is it? Like you say, we didn't put ourselves in the best light. We didn't put our best foot forward. But I think the frustration, again, is, is the style of play. Yeah. And we pay a lot of money to go and watch Conte size. And even the Brighton game, we did play better. But you want to be excited. You want to be, like, raised out of your seat. You want to get that energy and that passion. And I know, and, and maybe this is the problem we've had at Spurs for all these years. Because I know Kovner had a had beef on Twitter. You don't ever... Get into beast on Twitter, Kovner. Mate, Come we can't on. even back you, man. It's not like the road, you know. Like Twitter's a different place, bro. Different place. Oh, um, your famous words, relax. <laughs> relax. Yeah, and he got into beef. And one of the things he said is, we've been playing great football for years. And the, the goon obviously didn't realise it because obviously only they were playing great football under the Wenger year, in, during the Wenger years, because they were win winning stuff. They didn't really care what we were doing. And fair enough. But... My point there is to say we expect great football, but Chelsea haven't played great football over the last 20 years. But their tri trophy cabinet reflects that of a 
well-oiled, well-drilled, seasoned side. And regardless of which manager steps into the hot seat, they seem to get over the line. Yeah. Right? And that's a mentality. That's a, a skill set to manage games. And that's why we lost the sporting game, because we were trying to manage the game throughout. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, Conte's got it right. Um, but it doesn't mean it's attractive. It doesn't mean that it's exciting. It doesn't mean that you get good value for money. But I guess that at the end of the season, if we come away with silverware, it would all be worth it. And then in, with hindsight and 2020 vision, we will pick on moments of the games that we've won or games that we've really played well. And that will be the benchmark for Conte Ball. And the rest of it will be, yeah, it was just managing. We needed to do that. We're playing a long season, World Cup season. Um managing the players, et cetera, et cetera. And we won a trophy. So Conte's the genius and he's rewarded us, um, his our faith in him with a trophy. So Kobna, I'm the jury's still out for me. I want to see a bit more exciting football as well as steady, secure, n- managing games and knowledge of football and that kind of dark arts. I would still like to see a bit of excitement to get me out of my seat because it cost me a lot of money. And sometimes it's cold. <laughs> no, no, 100% right. You know, like, I think every paying customer has the right to say what they want, right? And it's like Subway for me. I don't mind a Subway. I know this might offend you because, you, you know, you're green. But, <laughs> um, you know, like, I look at the, the Subway picture and I'm saying, right, I want, uh, let's throw it out there, Italian BMT. Just there are other there are other food restaurants and places out there as well. But go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, you know what it is? Because I went in there probably a couple of weeks ago and the way this dude was slapping together my sandwich, I'm saying, <laughs> yo, brother, that does not look like the picture and I do not want that sandwich. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that is not for me. Make it like the picture, yeah? And, you know... That's my thing, right? I'm allowed to say that because I'm a paid customer. You've advertised this, you know. I came into Spurs when the Italian BMT was looking proper. You know what I mean? Mm. And now you're trying to snap my Italian BMT together and tell me it's the same thing. And with inflation, (laughs) I've got to pay for it later. (laughs) Later. No, no. I want my my BMT or whatever it is to look like the one on the picture with my toppings and you know do you know what it's it's, it's psycho, uh, psychological psychology yeah psychological yeah, psychological yeah something could taste bad just because of the way it looks do you get what i'm trying to say yes yeah, it's sort of psychological like you say it's the right. mindset you're in yeah. right so for me you know yes maybe chelsea didn't look as sexy as uh a top side should look but as you said, they got the results. But you know what they did have was top players in their side. So regardless of it, if it did look sexy or not, they had top players in their side to kind of actually achieve what the manager wanted. That's one. Two, I think when you look at the, when they was flying and you look at the World Oil Machine, it may not have been sexy football, but it was consistent, fluent football, and they won games. And you know, you you step back and thought, what it's gone down the wing. What is going on? Boom, it's in the box. Drogba scores. You knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. So it's a system. It works. It may not be sexy, but 
at least they could get an enjoyment out of it. They could see what was happening and they got an enjoyment. Give me Spurs. I want my my BMT, bro. Like, and and I'm not saying that under Conte, I haven't seen that because when we was beating teams five, this and four, none of us were crying too much about the actual style of play. Nobody was crying. No one was crying. You know, it's the entertainment value. And this is what we want. We want to be able to sit back on a Saturday, say, I don't care what anyone else does. We won 5-1. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to do that with Dyer in the side. I mean, that was a side. <laughs> no, I'm moving on from. Right, I'm on. moving on from that. I mean, we really know the four mainstays of the side, and Dyer is one of those. Like it or love it, it's like your Italian hearty bread in your Italian BMT. Um, we've got Champions League tomorrow. Yeah, we play in Frankfurt in that double header, that back to back. We yep. drew at their place. Yeah. Um, Give me, I'm not going to say five, give me three things you saw in that game that give you encouragement for tomorrow's game and give me a couple of things that discourage you, if any, for tomorrow's game. I mean, tomorrow's game, um, off the back of all the other games we played, is, I I mean, the, the positive thing for me is the process. It's the amount of games, the number. We're starting to build up the number. We're starting to ramp up. I believe there's no way we could keep playing how we played before, you know. So, for me, just the number of games that we have played and even the false rotations, you know, is a positive for me because we've done some things and now we've had a chance to play certain people, certain people be injured. You know, I see Kulu's back, you know, on the road. But for me, I think the best chance for us to have of rotation is to play with the two up front. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So a hundred, a hundred. Give yourself an option off the bench. Off the bench, and with playing with the two up front, we get two or three options. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You know. So I think the number of games is a definite positive for me. Um, I think I'm gonna, the second positive is it's allowed certain players to bed in and certain players to come back. So that's uh, positive too. You know, so I'm talking about people like Skip, um, Basuma to start bedding in and getting his, um, you know, his time on the pitch and he's learning on the training ground. And the third positive is um, Kane scored from open play. Jesus Christ. And it was a great goal like that was a striker's goal and definitely I was like I'm not even lying silently I was like yo is this guy still a good striker or not because you know because of Haaland then don't compare it to the no I'm not comparing it to the Haaland I'm just comparing it to the fact that everyone talks up this guy yeah man Kane's this and I'm frightened of Kane and and you know he's England's captain and he's got all the accolades and all the rest of it other than the trophies he's got all the accolades and he's got his record and but I'm like, hold on, you're turning into one of those old old time strikers that start scoring penalties to rack up your numbers, bro. I need you to be hitting two or three from open play, at minimal two from open play. Yeah. His header against Brighton was a true striker's finish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, nothing and really on. Nothing really on. He could have fluffed... I don't know if you see Giroud's charts tonight. Mate, no. 
this guy generated all the power, yeah, um, from his cross. I can't remember who it was. Giroud in his perfect position. No one marking him. Split two defenders. All he had to do was just direct, guide it into the goal. My man has gone to put a little bit of extra power in and over the... And I'm like, man, yeah, you killed it. Like, so for me, it's, it's easier... It looks easier than it is. For those who can't see right now, there was actually twisting his head <laughs> in the head in yeah, the motion. Yeah, yeah, because some some things look easier than it is, right? And that goal was a hard goal to score. Very hard. Easier to, and that gave me great hope and belief that you know what came still got it. You know, because we're not seeing my man score from open play regular. We're not seeing that outside of the box shift the ball, place it in the box. We've not seen it yet, and I know it's early. But that goal gave me great hope. So those are my three. In a, yeah, even though it was and how do, how do you apply those to the Frankfurt game? And what do you see in, in the sense of those? So obviously, rotation players coming in, fresh legs, um, right. more bodies, more, more in the tank, Kane being hot, that's good. But anything in the Frankfurt way we played them that we can exploit in the game tomorrow? If we press them... If we press them and we've got the crowd behind us, of course we could exploit them. I, do you know what I honestly believe? And this is what I don't really want to happen, but I think we're going to revert to type. Especially if Kulu's back, we're going to revert to type. And not that I don't want Kulu back and not that I don't want uh, us to kind of play that way because, you know, with Kulu, we actually do well in that, in that formation. What I want to, us to do is stick to the formation. But I know because they play exactly the exact same formation as us, it's easy for him to revert to type, right? So mm-hmm. I don't. That's not what I want. I want us to dom. We're at home. Let's dominate the ball. Let's get all the crowd behind. Mate, listening to Inter Milan, the man's on the mic going, "Ah, that's us all," and then they're going, "Hey!" And I'm like, "Yo, we need to step up our support in this country." Well, that's what Conte said. Um, and I don't think we're still allowed drums in, That's which is a downer. Why? Um, Why? I, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Um, GDPR? I think... Say again? GDPR? What is it? That, you know, like, GDPR. What is it? Why can't we have the drums in? What's going on? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's evident that the stadium was designed for the crowd to get behind them. Uh, it was clear how that impacted the game the derby at the end of the season last season massive um yeah that was a win and yeah definitely and we need we've been the 12th man for say the game against city the first champions league game there um when we had no right to um win that game 1-0 i mean we did but the 12th man helped um i think there's a lot of games and maybe because of the style of football we have been the prawn sandwich eating brigade. And I, I'm there in the stadium and I'm like, why are we not singing? And I'm not based in the South Stand. And the emphasis does come from the South Stand because that is the wall. That is the wall of sound. That's what it's designed to be. That's what is the stat. Well, it's not officially standing, but everyone stands there. It's the rowdy section. And rowdy in a good way. Yeah. Right? So when they sing Part Lane, Part Lane gives a song, we have to sing back and we sing back. Um, and it really stems from them because everywhere else you've probably got more of the Thai and prawn sandwich eating. Like, yeah. So 
we need you guys, Southstand. We need you to 1881, Bar 1881, all of that, Supporters Club 1881. We need you loud, loud, and loud because obviously Frankfurt was a hard place to go to. Um, they intimidate, Dortmund intimidate, and those, especially that's why it's hard playing away, right, in Europe. We can't just have it where it's easy to play away. No. We don't want that. Do you remember when we went to uh, Wembley? And we played... Oh, no, you wasn't there. Sorry, you gave us the courtesy. Myself and Lero uh, went to Dortmund. And, yeah. mate, the, the Dortmund fans... And sorry for the Italian fans. Well, I said something. I don't even know if it was Italian. I don't think it was. It was just <laughs> so a, a symbolism. But it wasn't meant to be disrespectful. So don't take it that way, uh, please. And um, But, yeah, the Dortmund fans, from the minute I got into the ground before kickoff. Through the first half, half time, the next, the second half, they did not stop singing and banging the drum. So I don't understand how they can get a drum in the ground, and 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 do their thing, and make it. It's an away, it's an away game for them, and they made it like it was a home game with only yeah. eight thousand fans. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, top whack. Like at Spurs. We need to drop out the prawn sandwiches, put a little jerk in the chicken. You get what I'm saying? And let's get on this thing. Like, and They've got Brown Eagle out. across the road. They have got Brown Eagle across no, the road. The chicken's serious. got a little something as well. It's too, I, I get it. There's corporate money in it. But we need to actually just step this up and win games sometimes just by the crowd. Just like the Arsenal game. But it shouldn't just be an Arsenal home game. Yeah. You know, like, let's make the ground intimidating, man, all the time. And that's just by our singing and making it intimidating. I don't want us to be fighting and racially abusing anyone. I'm saying by just singing, backing our team, you know. This is why people like Crystal Palace, when they came and what, um, over to Spurs, they were singing, like, about songs about us not singing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do think, I do think that, the very nature of being in a 62,000-seater stadium, which is brand new and cost the club a lot of money, means the ticket prices are high, one of the highest in Europe, means that only a certain type of person can attend on a regular basis because it's so expensive. So you're pricing out um, fans. And because certain fans and because of those fans maybe a bit stuffier a bit stiffer they don't tend to sing they're rushing from work in their tie what have you um not necessarily eating prawn um sandwiches but tie the tie around your forehead man you could, to, you <laughs> could go tribal. from you could go I, from, I hear you. you could go from corporate to rambo in in one step what are you saying? Do the coke in the toilets outside the stadium? I, I don't know about that much. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that much, but I'm saying you could put your tire around your head and make this city... Free. Listen, when you have Christmas parties, how does it go from tire <laughs> to mess so quickly? You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but I guess the difference is... Well, if it's a Saturday, they haven't got work the next day. Anyway, anyway. So you're saying stick with a 3 5 two. Yeah. Um, for Frankfurt, I guess you want to see that if it does well against Everton, which is our next league game. Yeah, yeah, straight at through. Home. Straight through. Yeah. And then I think that gave us more opportunity to high press. So are you saying high press against counter attack as well? Yeah, definitely high press. Win the ball back in midfield. There's nothing new that I'm saying. 
Like, you know, the top teams in, in England have done this. Man City win the ball back high. Liverpool win with the ball back high. It's Houston. fun. Well, yeah, they, sorry, they used to win the ball back high. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's there's no kind of uh, coincidence that these are the teams that have won the Premiership and won the Champions League, etc. Press, win the ball back high. You know, we've got the players to do it. You know, allow, um, allow Basuma to come in and do what he does, which will allow Hoybier to, you know, like get his rest on the pitch and be more effective than he actually has been. And he's been super effective. Let's press high, man. Win the ball back. Turn over the two at the front. And then we could do all those intricate, make a free, you know, overlap, you know, overload areas. Let's win the ball back high and then we could do that. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and lastly, lastly then, we haven't touched on it and can't go a whole pod without mentioning the breaking news that potentially we can potentially have a stadium sponsor. And we'll still call it White Hart Lane for now, but Google. I'm vexed. Google could be our stadium name. Do you say you're vexed? I'm vexed because I've been trying to work out like what we call the Google Stadium. Like, what is it going to be? Like, I was waiting for Amazon, bro. I wanted the yeah, stadium no, to be called to the Amazon. Amazon. To the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, and then you come in and the drums are going... Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> the you know, drums like, that we can't have in. We're not allowed to have... You can play it through the speakers. <laughs> yeah, pumping the drumming sound. No, nah, no. Nah, yeah, it, no, the Amazon was the name. Amazon Bezos, like, you did us with Dirty. That was supposed to be the name. Yeah. But yeah. Google's still massive tech. No, no, it's massive tech. It's massive tech and it's it's massive money. So I'm not going to... Oh, it's massive money, but is it? It's well, a massive sum, but potentially 250 over 15 seasons, which doesn't what? work out to be... Yeah, exactly. It's, a, that you don't, it's not a, spur, a shirt sponsorship, right? If you're going to fork out a lot of money and the stadium's... You don't want the stadium to be known as um, Google Stadium... It, this season, next season, under Conte, and then when we get a new manager, oh, it's going to be the Amazon Stadium. You, it's just like the that crappy stadium down the road. That stadium now forever will be known as the Emirates. Yeah, if you see what I mean, like yeah. the Etihad will be known as the Etihad because they've got long-term deals. So it's they almost want it to become synonymous with their brand. That's yeah. why they're spending the big money. Yeah. But it isn't that big injection, like 250 million for a short period of time. It works out to just over 16 and a half million a season, which is... That's old school sponsorship, bro. It's Amstrad. <laughs> We're not dealing with Amstrad. Bro, I, I can't believe it. Like, you've just... Because I haven't read it, you know, like because just the name put me off. So, no, no, no. When, no. And so for me, they're going to come in. Think about it, it's Google. So they've got to overtake our tech, right? And we're well, tech. We're, oh, yeah, we're tech. We're tech. But I guess as well, in addition to those things, um, we're going to have the piss ripped out of us because what is Google? It's a search engine. What are we searching for? Trophies. Why did you yeah. tell them that? They're, they're not that <laughs> no, clever. they already now know it. Listen, you know, you know the internet has no chill. So you know somebody has already got the memes up. They've already got the memes and loads yeah. more. So it's out there. They're not taking it from me. Yeah. This is not a Dr. Topman situation. No. They're not taking it from me. But I guess, I guess 
there is good there's a good thing having a partnership with such a tech savvy organization like at, look at like this though their algorithm they could ha- sell more shirts for us put us in so many prime positions for the revenue i, I was thinking thing. that i was th- uh, definitely was thinking that they could make levy the next u.s president eggs pretty much yeah. pretty much right so they won't openly say it but there has to be some advantages in the search engine there. Um, I guess 16 and a half million additional revenue per season isn't something to be sniffed at. Like at the end of the day, that's wages of a top, top player. Um, yeah, but top, we top, can't top afford player. to buy the top, top player. Well, loan deals, etc., coming in now. Not many players can buy. Um, I mean, we could always forward load it, front load it, uh, or back load it as we've been doing with signing. So it's additional 16 and a half million that we don't pay. No one pays that money right up front anymore. But that 16 and a half million, you know, you've got coming in for the next 15 years, right? So you could do a deal to accumulate um, a player for 90 million nah. and pay for it over not, four or five, five not, or six seasons. Not a good deal. Not a good deal. That there better be some uplift after the second year, bro. Like, I, I'm just going to be honest. I, I get it, and I get it's Google, and I get there's things that can be done. But that deal can't be 60, whatever it is, flat for 15 years. Like, that's got to be the base play. And depending on, you know, what we're doing as a team, there's an uplift. Do you know what I mean? Or something like... Possibly. I mean, Levy's pretty good at doing deals, as we know. Um, certainly business deals. If you look at what he's done recently, I think Sirkin, Dennis Sirkin, there's talk of him coming back. He's got a buyback clause. He was a young prospect at left back and we let him go without him really kicking a ball in meaningful football. Um, that's good business. The Marcus Edwards deal, where we appeared to let him go for nothing to Vittoria and then didn't, um, didn't take our 50% of their signing fee when he signed for Sporting only to be that we found out recently that we potentially get 50% of any deal they make so if they sell him for 50 mil then we potentially get 25 or somewhere in that region but it also means if we want to buy him back we're in prime position no one can match us right because we only have to give 50% so he does know what he's doing so I'm going to trust him on this one as much as we'll be the butt of all jokes um, that there's uplifts and incentives and, yeah, we'll definitely be prime spot on the search engines until everyone starts using DuckDuckGo. Okay. Are you still leaving it in or leave it out? Bro, we ain't got enough time for that question. <laughs> I just want to straight out so we can move on. It, this is not a big section. It's just, are you st- at the moment, are you still leave it in or leave it out? Because there's a lot I of was, smoke. Yeah, go. No, no, I was I was leave it out. I'm still leave it out. Enough wasn't done in the summer for me. I think there were smoke and mirrors in the summer. Yeah. Um, I think maybe because the market wasn't one of... Um, being able to shift players, which hasn't helped. Um, but if we had the 150 million war chest, we should have used the 150 million war chest. And I expected to see two marquee signings. Um, you could argue Richarlison was big money, but wasn't a top, top, top signing. Um, 
and we didn't get the centre back, the left side of centre back that we wanted. So I'm still Levy out, but I was just talking about a specific business deal. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm Levy in on that, but yeah, as a football club owner, then he doesn't necessarily do enough for the football club to win, and that's where we need to be at. Okay, cool. So I think you. Um, leave you out. I, I don't care no more. I, I still, you know, like he's done what he's done and it's been great, but I'm done with him. So that's that. I just want to, I'm going to move on to a, a match prediction. What's the score tomorrow? Uh, hard for one nil victory. God almighty. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to sit through that. Like, I can't. I can't. Yeah, no. I know, no, I'm going with Kwabner's positive positivity. Uh, do you know what? Equally, shout out to, um, no, Carl. Congrats. Yeah, congrats, Carl. Congrats. I don't want to spread we, your news, but congrats. Congrats. We haven't said congrats yet, so I thought I'd say congrats. Um, you know, my arch nemesis hasn't been about for a while, so I'm a bit lost. But hey, um, no, we got to do. It's got to be three 0 It's got to be three 0 Three one, three one. Three one, Dyron goals. No, no, I'm not even going to put it on him. I've I've said my piece on him. Three one. Okay, cool. Well, let's hope we get three one because that will help with the goal difference. Yeah. Listen, let's do that thing that we do at this stage in the pod. Yeah. I think it's cracking up. So if we hear that, then hopefully the listeners can't hear that. But I'm not going to shout the new cities. I'll do that next week. Um, guys, you know where we're at. We're on the Shelf Pod on Twitter. It's always fun. Quabner's having beef and banter at the same time. Um, Lero's got fans on there, so shout out to those guys. <laughs> um, and I'm just me. Anyway, when you are on your cast platforms, like, rate, star ratings, we only give you five-star content. Guys, you know what to do. That's it from us. It is episode 118. I've been Andrew. I've been Lero. You know what, listeners, run the outro. Can't be without you.